ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy 12 Kyle back in the building and I have a special, special co-host. Uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that she came, she came on and blessed us once before. Uh, my homegirl Trish is back in the building. Trish, what up? What up, Mr. Kyle? It's been a minute. What's happening? Yeah, I know, right? Life. You know how that is. One day at a time. That's all we can do. <laughs> That's all we could do. Uh, well, I was telling you, talking to you before we started recording, uh, I wanted to get you on because uh, today's topic, we're talking about sleep uh, and we're going to get into the intricacies of sleep. Uh, but I wanted to bring you on because I deemed you as a sleep expert. Um, but before I start talking and we delve in, tell the people what it is that you do for a living and how long you've been doing it and why I call you the sleep expert. Okay. Well, I've been in medical in some form or fashion for 30 plus years. Um, but for the last mm, 19, 20 years, I think it'll be 20 years in December, I have been a sleep coordinator, sleep apnea coordinator. Um, I work for a large medical practice in my area and we um, have sleep specialists, pulmonary specialists, and um, we deal with all types of sleep disorders, sleep medicine, things like that. Trying to get people efficient sleep. See, there you go. <laughs> it's a huge problem now. It's a huge problem. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, and like I said, what brought me to this conversation was that uh, in one of my group chats, one of my homeboys, he said to us one day, a couple of weeks ago, he said that he's been sleeping three hours a night since the pandemic. And I was like, and I, you know, I had to kind of stop and like, wait a minute, three hours. I thought he meant like, you know, getting three hours in, you know, in increments, but he said three hours total. Total. And so I'm like, well, damn. So we, so everybody in the group chat started asking him questions like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you eating? What are you, are you stressed out? That kind of thing. And he's just like, he said, since the pandemic, like he just cannot sleep. And, yeah. and it's, it's been proven that a lot of us, our sleep patterns have changed uh, for some, especially if you've gone from, you know, like me working in an office to working from home. Right. You know, so there's less, you know, so you would think you probably get more sleep, but for some they're not. Yeah. Um, so, so, so for someone like that, who is, well, let, I guess we, I'll start with, why, why is sleep so important? I mean, I, we, I think we know the obvious, but, but what is it that, why should we get the sufficient amount of sleep each night? Uh, so really kind of the obvious, it affects uh, a lot of things in your body. So when you're getting sleep, an efficient sleep, you know, your, your brain is resting, your body's resting. Um, when you're sleeping at night, you're, that's the time, that's your break for your body to heal, uh, whatever's going on and rejuvenate itself, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's really important because also when you don't get enough sleep, it just affects everything when you're awake, whether you think it does or not. Uh, it can affect weight. You know, they say getting more sleep um, can help you either maintain your weight or lose weight if you're trying, you know, that kind of thing. So it's important. It's important. 
you know what's funny is uh my wife she always talks about how like and this is and i know i noticed this has happened to us during the pandemic uh she says like she can't like her brain doesn't turn off and i'm yeah. like well if you're waking up at four o'clock in the morning and you're sending text messages or you're scrolling facebook which a lot of people do you know uh how how, how is it what would you say people should do to turn things off if you will because if your mind is racing then obviously you can't sleep yeah and you know the mind racing thing i used to have that i think we touched on this the last time we had um i had you you had me on Mm -hmm. but uh uh, things you can do are shut down the outside distractions like you said the phone don't get right on your phone especially early in the morning or stay on too late at night Cause you know, the phone and social media can get you caught up to where you're sitting on Facebook, TikTok, whatever you like, whatever's your preference. And next thing you know, you're like, okay, even if you were to time yourself, which I don't know how many people do, mm-hmm. but say if you, you were to time yourself, okay, I'm going to look on Facebook, look at my notifications and be off by in a half hour. Mm-hmm. You look up. And you done been on that thing for two hours, two and a half hours. It will suck you in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone can relate that deals with social media or even like social media. I have some friends that just don't do it. They don't have a Facebook page, uh, don't have an IG. T- they don't want it. They just have never been into it. So, which is good, which is really a good thing because everybody's, you see everybody doing this. Yes, yes. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody has a regular conversation. You go out to eat. People are in their phones. They're not talking to each other anymore. So, yeah, distractions. Get rid of the distractions. Anything outside of just, you know, thinking about. about, What about TV? Oh, yeah. Because during the pandemic, for instance, when we were home or had to be home, mm-hmm. uh, the news would freak me out. You know, it was yeah. like, <sighs> so, and then I had some friends that I talked to. I had an older woman that I was friends with and she was telling me how, you know, I'm in the house and I, I, I just constantly watch the news. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> because then she started getting anxiety and things like that. You know, a lot of us have come up through the pandemic with things that we didn't have before. Anxiety. If you weren't really a stressful person, now you're stressing about different things or, you know, things will trigger you. So news is not good. You know, I used to watch the news in the morning. I stopped all of that um, during the pandemic time because I just didn't want to hear it no more. Yeah. You know, I needed to know just the important pertinent stuff. And I'm in New York. So New York had the first yes. big, I call it first generation COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible out here. Horrible. So yeah. yeah. News. I agree. I, Everything I, in the news is not usually good. No, no. So, I mean you know, if you're it, watching something entertaining that's different. Mm-hmm. Something to take your mind off of stuff, good. Music, whatever, but the news itself. You're not really hearing anything great. No, no, and and, and I, I understand, and I, th- I think I talked about it before on the podcast. Like I understand the the need to want to be informed because we all should be informed as far as what's going on. But at right. the same time, you know, if it's five o'clock in the morning and that's the first thing that you see, you're literally starting your day off with 
bad news. You know, it's yeah. either they're either giving you the numbers of the people that died or went to the hospital That's for right. COVID or you're, you know, the triple triple shooting on the other side of town or, you know, something like or it now the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's so just it, and people think that, that stuff doesn't get into your psyche, but it really does. It you know, does. if you're sitting there, it's anything else. If you're sitting there doing something repetitive. For instance, just like if you they tell you to exercise, you you do that repetitively, it becomes a habit. It's just like watching the news constantly. That stuff will get into your psyche and you just, you know, you find yourself during your day thinking about that story from the morning, you know, that right. horrible story or that, you know. Yeah, so not good. So as far as uh, sleeping is concerned, um, what about food? Uh does what we eat impact either positively or negatively how we sleep? You know, it depends on the body because honestly, they say your body doesn't know the time that you eat. You know what I mean? Okay. They say that you shouldn't eat late at night, that you should, if you're trying to stay healthy and keep your body together, that you should stop eating, say, at seven, latest eight o'clock you know, before going to bed and stuff like that. And you shouldn't lay down uh, on a full stomach, stuff like that. I, you know, I used to think that way back in the day because that's what I was taught. You know, that's what you, even from right, your parents, right. they late like that. But you're, when you think about it, your body doesn't know what time it is when you eat. You know what I mean? Now it may affect you because if I tend to late or eat something heavy, I should say, and I go mm -hmm. to sleep, I tend to have dreams and the dreams are not always nice. So, you know, it can affect people different ways. Some people get acid reflux, of course. Mm, facts. And that's not good. It's gas, all kinds of things can happen. But um, so it just depends on the person, I think, in reference to sleep. Okay. I rem it's funny you mentioned that because I remember I distinctly remember this I was in college at South Carolina State and um, it was one night where it was a Saturday night and it was one of those nights you, you know how like you get to a point where it's the it's the part of the night where you're still hungry but you probably should just go to sleep instead of eating right. and right. I was like I'd already made up my mind it was like 9 o'clock I'd already made up my mind I was like I'm gonna give me a pizza so I'm like I'm, I'm like the hell with that I'm gonna give me a pizza and I got a medium pizza from Domino's. And I, I don't eat Domino's anymore. But um, mm -hmm. I, I ate a medium pizza. And I, Trish, I ate the whole pizza. What? And like literally, yes, by myself. And then what was funny, it was probably like eight slices, right? Okay. And maybe an hour and a half later, I fell asleep. And I had the worst night of sleep I've ever had. I mean, like I was tossing and turning. I had nightmares. It was yeah. bad. I was like, okay, I'm never eating Domino's and I'm never. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely affects bad. people different ways. Mm -hmm. I know I can't eat something like marinara sauce real late. You have acid reflux. reflux. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. my God. And I didn't really get that until I got older, of course, but I got it really bad one time. Mm -hmm. uh, made the mistake of eating marinara sauce late. And that thing in the middle of the night came up on me and was almost choking me because it was so acidy. It burned. It literally burned. Mm. 
Mm. And once it does that, it comes that far up. It's hard to get that feeling out of your yeah. throat. Yeah. It takes a while. Yeah. So when, when, like, again, I, I consider you to be the sleep expert. I know a lot of people will say that you need eight hours of sleep in your field, you know, from which, and I know, and we'll touch on sleep apnea in just a second, but in your field, is there a perfect number that where people should fall, you know, as far as sleep is concerned? Yeah. Some people, some people function off of four or five hours of sleep. Obviously my homeboy, he's functioning off of three hours. Of sleep. I don't know how he's doing it, but. But a good um, six to eight, of course, is ideal. Do most people get a good six to eight? No. I don't know. I know very few people that get a good six to eight. Um, my sister's retired. She may get more sleep than us. But I used to run off of four hours of sleep. And I used to think that it was a problem oh. because I'm a sleep coordinator. So I'm like, I really should be getting more sleep. I need to go to bed early. <laughs> but my sleep clock, every all of us have an internal sleep clock. And my sleep clock would just not let me sleep too early. If I went to bed too early, um, then I would wake up, wake up in the early. middle of the night, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, why am I up? You know? And then that's broken sleep, which is worse than you just staying up and then going to bed when you really feel sleepy. So a good six to eight is good. But for some people, that's all you need. I used to feel bad about it. Like I said, that four hours. But then I realized that I'm good. That's mm -hmm. what my body needs. And so I just dealt with it. You know, as I got older, of course, um, I need a little more sleep. I probably get a good six. If I have to, you know, average it, yeah, probably a good six. I say the same. I'm probably at about. I'm probably at about six. Yeah. Um. If I honestly, Trish, if I got eight hours of sleep, I'd be grumpy. You know what happens to me? And because a lot of my friends love to just, oh, I'm glad it's a do nothing day or do nothing weekend, and I could just stay in the bed. I can't do that. Can't do <laughs> Me neither. I get so restless. If I stay in the bed and I just lay, 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 maybe get on the phone. Da, da, I get so restless. It's like I'm antsy. I need, and so I, I get up. I try to get up. I'm a, I'm a morning person. And Same. Anyway, I like, which most of my friends aren't. Yeah, I'm the I same can't way. even, even when I go to, go to hotels, I can't stand when people just lay around. I'm like, no, I got to get up. Mm. I need breakfast. I need, you know, let's go, let's go. That kind yeah. of thing. Because so. I we I, I've never been the type to want to sleep the day away. You know, I've been no. like since college. I I got to get up and get moving. So yeah, I totally feel you on that. Um, yeah. Being a sleep coordinator, obviously, you you help people as far as like them setting up, and a lot of people that come to you have sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. um, Talk a little bit about sleep apnea, what it is, and how it affects us, uh, you know, for those who suffer from it. So um, the most common thing that you'll hear if someone calls me about having sleep apnea or having a sleep issue, they may not necessarily know it's sleep apnea. Um, one of my doctors says, always has this motto of there's no emergencies in sleep. Mm -hmm. And he says that because people that have had sleep apnea um, have had it for quite a while. They just didn't know what it was 
or they don't have a bed partner to witness that they have sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. So there's such a thing as witness sleep apnea. There's an actual one of the diagnoses we use if we're getting authorization for a sleep study, because it shows that um, not only yourself is feeling, usually when you're sleeping, you'll feel um, gasping, choking. It may wake you up mm -hmm. and you, you know, you ever snore or I don't know if you're a snorer, you can hear yourself snoring. I, I don't think I'm a snorer. <laughs> I bet your wife does. Okay. <laughs> but so snoring, the typicals are number one, snoring. Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily snoring doesn't necessarily mean you have sleep apnea but it is a huge symptom of it mm -hmm. so snoring um gasping choking um awakenings at night um you know waking up kind of like disoriented you really don't know why you woke up but you know something woke you up um witness apnea is where you have a partner you're sleeping your wife is watching you sleep and you look like you start breathing for moments at a time. Yes. So your bed partner gets really nervous. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times the bed partner is the one that calls us and says, I need my husband to get a sleep uh, evaluation because he's like, he stops breathing at night. Mm -hmm. And so what the bed partner does is shake the, the partner and then they have a broken sleep. So... It's kind of this catch 22 thing, but you just got to get the sleep apnea treated because a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, you know, the the person that has the problem will usually come in and say, I don't snore, just like <laughs> you did, or I don't feel myself waking up or, you know, whatever, but up, he starts coughing because, you know, if you're in that deep sleep and you wake up, you start coughing and choking you just go right back to sleep. Mm. It's yeah. not like you wake up and you're kind of conscious, like, oh, shoot, you go right back to sleep. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they are in denial. They don't think that they actually have sleep apnea because they've also heard that they, if they do have sleep apnea, they have to wear a machine at night. Mm -hmm. It's a CPAP, C-P-A-P yes. machine. And it's um they think it's oxygen it's just actual air pressure that's blowing in the back of your throat so when you have sleep apnea um and you're laying down most of your palate and everything your anatomy falls to the back of your throat and so when you get those when it falls to your back of your throat when you're really sleep and relaxed you get those moments where it closes off your airway mm. And so those moments where it closes off your airway may not be a very long time. It could be just a few seconds or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have full closings uh, with your actual apneas, and then you have hypopneas, which are partial closings of your throat. So if we look on a typical sleep study for somebody who is, say, severe, mild to severe, um, you'll see a lot of those things that happen on your back. They call it the supine position, which is laying on your back. Okay. And it's logical when you think about it and you know about sleep apnea, if you're laying on your back, everything's falling to the back of your throat. So you have those closings. Yes, so, yes. Um, some people have it on their sides as well, laying, sleeping on their side. You can, if you have mild sleep apnea, <clears throat> you can almost help yourself by sleeping on your stomach. 
because nothing's falling to the back of your throat. Everything's falling forward. So you don't have those closings of your throat. So, yeah. You know, I'm always amazed when people say they can sleep on their back because like, you know, Trish, you and I, we're a little bit older than most people listening to this podcast. So, you know, we grew up in an era where our parents put us on our stomachs. So like I can't sleep on my if you if you see me sleeping on my back like I'm dead tired like that's right. really tired you just really couldn't. tired yeah because I I just for me to just fall asleep even if I even if I was sleepy even if I was drunk I would fall asleep I could fall asleep on my back but I'll eventually turn on my stomach turn on, yeah yeah I just yeah. me sleeping on my I, back is just not happening yeah I used to love to sleep on my stomach um, but then it started hurting my back okay as I got older. So, um, I had to stop doing that. I can do it now, but I know not to try to stay there all night. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm usually a sleeper when I fall asleep, I don't really move much. Same. You know, there are some people who just move, move, move. And there's other things in reference to that with uh, sleep apnea, you know, periodic leg, leg movements or restless leg syndrome. Um, people are constantly moving their legs like all night during sleep. They're kind of like running in their sleep. Mm-hmm. So you can't be getting a restful sleep if you think about it. Even though you think that you slept or you may have slept, it's not restful. It's not efficient, restful sleep because your body is kind of awake. You're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's moving. It's kind of like that brain thing that your um, wife was talking about, the racing in the brain. Right. And that is not always <clears throat> indicative of, say, sleep apnea. Okay. That's just indicative of how we live. Our lives are go, go, go. You know, New Yorkers constantly go. We're yeah. always, you know, people are, my friends are always saying to me, you're always doing something. <laughs> you won't sit still. That's how, I, you know, but uh, yeah, that racing of the brain is, I used to have that when I was younger. And it was, I realized it was because I had a lot of responsibility. When I pull back on the responsibilities or let a few things go, started saying no, or let me think about that or whatever, that stuff, my mind started to ease up, Mm. ease up. Mm. So, you know, it depends on the career you have, the job you have, uh, what you do with your children, what, you know, how busy or hectic your life is. Your, Your life can be busy and not hectic. Right. You know, so... It just depends. Are you a person that has anxiety, that worries about a lot of things or worries about your children or worries about the next thing that's that's going to come? Or, you know, if you're that type of person, you're going to have that type of racy brain automatically. So I I think I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. Can you catch up on sleep? Is there such a thing as catching up on sleep? Yeah. Because all of us have an internal body clock. So um, there used to be uh, patients that would come in and the doctors would have them if they didn't necessarily think that they had sleep apnea, but they had a sleep problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they would have them keep a sleep log. So for a week, two weeks, they'd have them write down when they went to sleep, when they woke up. You know, what happened in between, you know, that kind of thing. So then they'd bring it back to the doctor and he could kind of look through their log and see if he could have them do something to adjust their internal uh, sleep clock. 
whether that was stay up an extra two hours and then go to bed, make yourself retired and then, or, you know, whatever, go to sleep later, wake up earlier, that kind of thing to try to adjust it. And you have to do that as a pattern so that then it just becomes natural for you to do. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it, you know, helps you to catch up on that sleep that uh, you weren't getting. Okay. Okay. Cause I, I, you know, especially when I was younger, I'd be like, you know, getting those nights where you're getting four or five hours of sleep. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll catch a nap on the weekend. I'll catch up on my sleep on the weekend. Right. But you know, I'm wondering like, do you really, really ever catch up? You know, you, I mean, you, you can get, re- make yourself refreshed. Mm-hmm. You can make yourself feel like, oh yeah, I needed that sleep and I feel, you know, better now. I don't feel so sluggish or tired. So yeah, you can, you can catch up on it. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Cause it's like, you know, you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to catch up on sleep. I'm going to catch up on sleep. And then you take, you know, like for me, like when I, and I think I told you just before, but like when I take naps, I time my naps. I never take a nap longer than an hour and a half. What? Never. You I will t- set, I set an alarm clock for my nap. Yeah. I ain't tell you that, Trish. I, you never told me that, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's it's because it, it's if you if your intention is to nap, a nap is a nap. A nap is not sleeping five hours. That's not a nap. That's that you were asleep. Um, now you may be that tired and try to nap and think you're only going to sleep an hour, half hour, and you're so tired that mm-hmm. you end up napping you wake up the next morning or you right. nap for six hours. I've seen people do that, but you, it's just, your body is tired. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times I can come home from work and I don't have an intention of going to sleep, but I'll sit on the couch and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to watch something, another podcast or <laughs> you know, my favorite show. And next thing you next know, thing I know <laughs> I'm, the show is watching me. Right. And, um, uh, you know, I've slept, but my, you know, you have to listen to your body. That's another thing. A lot of people just feel like, no, I need to, you know, I got this to, you do, but you know what? It'll still be there depending mm-hmm. on what it is. So you should listen to your body for your health, especially as you get older for us older individuals. Yeah. I'm not old, old, like you say. No, but- no, you're, you're seasoned. Okay. A season, okay. you're a seasoned I'll saint. <laughs> I'll take that. But yeah, as you get older, you know, you just need to listen to what your body's telling you. Okay. If it's telling you to sit down and rest, sit down and rest. You may not necessarily need to go to sleep either. Just sit down. You know what it is? I I think we, we, we know our body's telling us that, but we feel like we're going to miss something. You know, it's just like, oh man, you know, like I know for me, nothing. Well, you know, like for me, I like I like watching, especially like at the time of this recording, NBA season just ended up. But I like watching the playoffs and watching it because you don't want to miss a game. Like, and I, I remember, you know, I remember a couple months ago there was a game on, and Trish, the game came on at ten thirty, so it was seven thirty West because the game was on the West Coast. And I mean, like I'm nodding at when the game started. I'm like, there's That's no right. way I'm, yeah, I'm like, there's no You're way gonna I'm going to make it through this game. And I ended up trying to stand up and. Watch the game. I was like, you know what? I, was, I did it for like game. an hour. I was like, let me take. I was like, let me take my. Ass. Listen, they got things now. You can tape the game. DVR is awesome. But it's but it's it's you know you I just know again. You know. 
You want to see it live? I um, it. I would I would be remiss if I didn't bring you on here and we talk a little bit about dreams. Um, yeah, dreams because I know you and I have had conversations about dreams. Uh, one of the articles that I was looking at before we came on, um, dr- dreams about sex about people, other people. Um, is that common? Is was that? Sexual dreams of other people, you're saying? Yes, yeah, sexual dreams about other people other than your wife, husband, partner, okay. whomever. Um, is that common? Is that a red flag? Is that mean you're a freak? What, what does that mean? Listen, it could mean you're a freak. To me, we don't hear about... <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't hear about dreams and reference apnea um, mm-hmm. you know the person that dreams like i dream all the time um my tv just went on hold on, I got a text from a totally hold on. good and I, I pictures of myself. so i messaged and i was like who's this and they responded back with either i don't know why my tv just popped on like that <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> good this is a recording um Okay, so it could just mean you're a freak. Uh, we don't hear about dreams necessarily in sleep, other mm-hmm. than when it comes to, say, somebody having night terrors, which is a sleep disorder. Mm. So there's many sleep disorders, but um, night terrors are kind of when, you know, somebody's sleeping and they just wake up in this, like, horrible, like, frightened state. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, I, I can't say that it's common, um, uh, but you hear it every once in a while that somebody wakes up very panicked and scared and, you know, whatever. It's usually a night terror mm-hmm. or people, we have things where people will get out of the bed, sleepwalking is another mm-hmm. sleep disorder, um, narcolepsy where you just poof, mm-hmm. fall asleep at <laughs> the drop of the drop time. time. Yeah. And um narcolepsy with cataplexy, which is where like emotion will make you knock out to sleep. Mm. Laughing, crying, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um very uh unique and um I won't say strange, but um I don't know the word I would say, but they're very different. Things okay. that you don't hear all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, but, if you, but if you're having dreams about sex, about coworkers and bosses or something like that, then you're just a freak. <laughs> I would just say, well, maybe you got a crush on that coworker. Maybe <laughs> I don't know how that relates to. I don't know what that means. Okay. I, I don't think it means what they say it means like it relates to you right. or how you know I don't know I I used to be able to interpret dreams very well because I'm a um I've been a dreamer since a child um my mother and I actually used to have the same dream for years wow years wow. yeah and people wouldn't believe us until we said something and a lot of our dreams things we said in our dreams would come true what yeah I think I remember, I think I asked you this before, but I'm gonna ask you again. I had a dream 
<laughs> sound like Martin Luther King. I had a dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had this this reoccurring dream of running off this bridge. And the bridge is a distinctive bridge because it's the bridge that if you're coming down. You know, wanna, the bridge. Okay. yeah, I know the bridge is the bridge is on. It's uh, I think it's I-10, I think it's the bridge that if you're coming into the parish, if, if you're coming into Orleans Parish, going into New Orleans, it's the bridge that goes into that uh, parish, that county. OK, and what's what's distinctive about this bridge is that it's the only bridge that I've ever seen in my life where instead of it going up this bridge goes down and it's surrounded by a huge body of water. I think it's Lake Pontchartrain, if I'm not mistaken, but ah. I have, I've had that dream of running off that bridge, like all through high school. And a lot of times I have that bridge, I'd have that dream in college. Well, when I first got out of college, I had a work assignment where I had to drive to new Orleans and guess what? I had to drive across that bridge and I was horrified. And I mean, like Trish, I didn't realize it until I got on the bridge. I'm like, and I'm doing like 70, 75. I'm, tra I'm trailing behind somebody and I can't even tell them like, look, I need to stop because I'm not going to make it across this bridge. It's the most. Oh, and, wow. and that bridge, I mean, like it just went straight down and I just, I was just like this. Oh, petrified almost. Petrified. Yeah. So the bridge, you go onto the bridge and then it just drops. And it goes like, down. Yeah. Going into the tunnel, but you're not. Yeah, it goes it goes okay. down. It goes down and then it then it kind of flattens out because you know uh that part of New Orleans not New Orleans, that part of uh, Louisiana is below sea level. So, you know, I just Oh right, right, right. Okay. I and this was nineteen ninety-eight. So it's been a long time, but um I've yeah. never been back on that bridge again. Obviously I made it, but um I, I if if I go to New Orleans again, I'm I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> So you would not go across it again. You it would freak no, you. Out. No, I, I don't want to. So let me ask you this: when you do, when you have that dream, what happens? You you fly off, you jump off, you walk. What happens? The the car goes off the bridge, and the oh, car hits the car, the car okay. hits yeah the car hits the water, and I jump out of the car before the car hits the water, and I swim to the shore. I never. I don't die in it. I just cry. I just go off the Gary, bridge. I mean, I'm, in my dreams, wow. I'm a superhero. So, like, I've been shot in my dreams and lived, and uh, I've been on planes. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've literally like died in a dream and then got up and be like, "Man, y'all ain't hurt me," you know, like that type of thing. It's weird, but I can't be the only one in dreams like this. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person in dreams like this. That's good. You're probably not. I mean, I've never heard anybody dream like that or say that but i would think that's a good thing that you survived that you you know it shows your tenacity it says something about you that's what i would take that as yeah. that you're resilient yeah i ain't going out like no sucker <laughs> right right we know you oh, ain't no sucker that's for mm -hmm. sure no no but yeah that's 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 just a it's it's and you know what trish it, I, I have that dream less and less. I might have it once or twice a year now, but it used to be pretty frequent. But it would always be that one bridge. And I up until I had to drive across it, I never knew where that bridge was. Wow. I mean, they say a lot of people have had have a recurring dream mm -hmm. in their life. 
why? I don't know. I don't know what the, I, I've had recurring dreams since I was young, but I'm a child. I, I When I was a child, I used to be able to, which I still can see premonitions and mm, things yeah. that might happen and things like that. I'm that kind of person. So um, I believe in all of it, you know, and I think I also know that God speaks to you through your dreams as well. Facts, facts. So you're a spiritual person. That's, you know, one of the things, but dreaming about somebody else having sex and you're having sex or whatever <laughs> sexual dream, I really don't know what that entails or what that, not that I don't know what it entails because I've had them, but I don't mm-hmm. know really what they mean because right. it could have been about something that I wasn't even thinking about or having a crush on or anything like that. So those are weird because you're like, why am I dreaming about that person? <laughs> Maybe they got a crush on you. Consciously there, you know, getting in your tr- could be. You never could be, could be. Well, Trish, I had to bring you on. I but appreciate it, you. No problem. Anytime you know that I'm here for you. Oh, yeah. We we definitely got to do this again. Um, this this has been fun. This has been fun. And I hope that people, oh, you know, got something from it al- along with a few laughs and everything, too. Cause this is yeah. uh you know, because we all need sleep and we all need, you know, we all have issues, you know, well, I don't yeah. say issues, but we all have, you know, things that we want to deal with. And I think you drop some gems that everybody can kind of take from um, yep. before we get out of here. Do you want to um, I don't know if you want to put your socials out there. If you, you know, if you care, you don't have to, if you don't want to, but. Uh... No, I don't really have socials. Like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, ones. If I had businesses, that would be a different thing, which I may eventually, but um. Yeah, if, in, just in reference to sleep apnea, if you think you have a sleep disorder um, or sleep issues, sleep problem, um, go see a sleep specialist. Pulmonologists deal with sleep as well, even if they're not direct sleep specialists, but usually in pulmonologist offices, they have sleep specialists there. So go talk to them. It'll usually be like a patient and you tell them what's going on with your sleep and see what they can do because... Sleep apnea really can, uh, you know, it, it affects your heart, your lung, and your brain. Mm. Makes your body retain water. You end up gaining weight. Don't know why you're gaining weight. Uh, you know, when you get treated, we've had people that have gotten treated on CPAP, and they lost 10, 15 pounds, like, almost immediately. Mm. Uh, because your body was retaining water. So that stuff starts to come off. It kind of motivates you to start to get healthy. And... My brother, uh, God rest his soul, he had sleep. My A lot of men in my family have sleep apnea, but uh, my brother in particular that passed away, he had sleep apnea and I got him on a, a sleep apnea machine and he started losing weight and he got himself off the machine because he got motivated. He lost like 75 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Losing 10 pounds too, can 10, 15 pounds if you know you're overweight can help. It helps with snoring. It helps with the sleep apnea. Yeah. So it's a good thing to do. Yeah. So definitely get out there and get active. That, that'll that help. Get active can help, but go see a sleep specialist. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's no shame in that. There's no shame. In that. I remember we, uh, uh, my brother and I, we talked to our dad and this is probably about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, he's, he had the same thing and got on the CPAP and yeah, he like, lo- he lo- he's still on it, but, um, it's his, his sleep apnea isn't as severe, but um, mm-hmm. it, I'm glad that it, you know, that he got on it as opposed oh, yeah. to, you know, not saying. People oh. that get on, yeah. People that get on the machine say they feel like a new person. Because mm-hmm. um, they're able to rest. 
because they're really getting efficient sleep. Like for years, people have not get, been getting a real uh, efficient sleep. And so once they do, it's like, oh, <laughs> why didn't I do this years ago? You right. know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. New lease on life. Yeah. Well, Trish, I appreciate you for falling through. Again, folks, thanks for checking out this episode of the 12 Kyle Podcast, this bonus edition. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Uh, the podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. Uh, from time to time, we'll drop episodes like this, bonus episodes uh, that drop on Sundays at midnight. Of course, you want to check me out, catch me on the socials at 12 Kyle. Uh, that's going to do it for us. So for my homegirl, Trish, the sleep my pleasure. Uh, specialist, <laughs> the expert, if you will. Uh, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5G. Thanks.